The world champion Dodgers have some world champion podcasts. Don't miss a chance to catch up on Dodger Talk by podcasting it on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Dodger Talk for new episodes every weekday and after each game. AM570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL. Bell quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keaton. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. We continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Okay, Dodgers. Full capacity tonight. The grand reopening out at the stadium against the Phillies. Be interesting to see how many people will be at the game tonight. Petros and Money will do their show from out there. In the new center field area, that'll start at 3. I'll be down there. Come by and say hello if you see me walking around. Yeah, you're walking around, Fred, huh? I'll walk around. I want to be with the people, Rodney. I like that. I do. I like that. You are a people person. You got to be there with them. Now a man that's been in that stadium more times than he can count. The man that sat in the big chair. Our good friend, Ned Colletti. Ned, how are you today? Doing good, gentlemen. It's going to be great to see a crowd at the stadium. Big crowd. Are you going to be out there for Spectrum tonight? I'll be out there tomorrow night. Looking forward to seeing everybody. We're going to do pre and post game from out there. So be able to hang with the, the fans uh, during the game, too. Watch a little baseball with the fans and be ready for post game. Hey, can you, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't realize. Somebody mentioned this to me this morning that... Uh, that Mookie Betts has not played in front of a full Dodger crowd yet. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he did, but he's playing in a Red Sox uniform last time yeah. he did. Yeah. Ned, can you do me a favor when you're in the studio? Can you ask Jerry Harrison to change his shoes? Oh, no. <laughs> can you do that for Why? me, please? It does, <laughs> I don't know. If he's going to wear tennis shoes it, with, with those suits, you know, it, it can't be those ones you just, you know, Buy at the ninety nine cent store. They don't look very good. Ned. What? Tell him to get Are some new Are you questioning shoes. what kind of shoes Jerry wears? Yes, I am, and I don't think they look good. Ned. You know, it's very fashionable to wear I know tennis shoes with suits nowadays, Fred. No, you know I, I, I'm aware. For the of last, that. you know. Yeah, but not from Payless. Almost. Not from Payless, Rodney. Get some. Are you saying the shoes are from Payless and they're cheap? Yeah, that's they're what I'm zips. saying. That's what I'm saying. They're Sykes instead of Nikes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ned, you're sitting there. You see them. What do you think of those shoes? Uh, I wear boots. That's all I'm going to say. I wear boots. I wear them every day. Keep them clean, polished, and they'll last a long time. Okay. Why are you judging another man's shoes? For I'm it? just saying. I don't understand that, Ned. What's going on? I'm just looking at it. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm worried about my own shoes right now. All right. Yeah. Worry about your own shoes, Fred. I got some nice shoes today. I like my shoes. Everything must be going good with the team if we're talking about somebody's shoes. <laughs> Well, help us out. So baseball has come down with the edict. If you're caught basically doctoring the ball, which is against the rules anyway, but apparently it was against the rules, but nobody cared it was against the rules. Now, if you're caught, here's your penalty. You're going to sit for 10 days. You're still getting paid. You're going to sit for 10 days. Kind of like a stint on the injured list. What do you think of that ruling? Well, I think it's a start. I think, obviously, to suspend somebody for longer would probably need uh, union approval. 
to suspend pay or find somebody along the way is also going to need union approval. I think the rule, the the real rule, will rest until the winter and the off season when they put everything else together for the CBA. But I think right now it, it does something. But when you think about it, if you're a starting pitcher and you're you're doctoring the ball, you're going to miss one start. I mean, is that is that punishment? You know, if you're a reliever, you're going to miss maybe three or four. Uh, maybe four innings, five innings. If you're a starting pitcher, you'll sit one start. There's some staffs that will say, you know, hey, if that happens, that happens. Big deal. We'll we'll figure out one start. But so I don't know how much teeth is in it. I guess it's a start uh, to getting things uh, cleaner. But um, you know, there's not there's not a tremendous amount of bite to it, in my opinion. Starting pitcher misses one, reliever may miss three or four. A little bit different for a reliever. But uh, no fine, no punishment, really. You're going to miss a start. That's a, that's a suspension for a starting pitcher. And, and how much is that going to affect, you know, some of the guys that rely on on the foreign substance? You know, I heard one, they were talking to some people that wanted to remain anonymous, and some of them said, well, we'll just go back to using pine tar. I mean, this <laughs> is something, something that, yep. that these guys have used, and they use it for years, probably coming up through the minor leagues, how big of an adjustment if it does get to the point where it is cracked down and it's more than one start or it's a hefty fine, how much of an adjustment is it going to be? Because it sounds like this is like a widespread thing that multiple guys use. Well, you're right. It, it, it will be a big adjustment. And, again, you're, you're trying to adjust it at, at real speed. What I mean is you know, you're in the middle of the season. That's a tough time to adjust it. And I think most hitters would want a pitcher to have some type of grip. You know, when it starts to affect spin rate, and, and you, you've seen there's been some reports of spin rate coming down, you know, uh, markedly, maybe 10%, 20 some 15% from when the warning went out to before the warning went out. So it's already had an effect on, on how a pitcher pitches. But I think most hitters want a pitcher to have a decent grip on the ball. They don't want the spin rate to be out of sight, but they want them to have a grip on it. So uh, I think that... They'll they'll probably adjust themselves down to a, a, a medium area where where pitchers do have a grip, but they're not they're not able to dominate a particular at bat because of a foreign substance on their hand. It's one thing to have the grip and to be able to to not have a ball you know, lose command of it completely and hit somebody. You know that I don't think anybody wants. But to be able to use so much that it affects. It adds to your repertoire, so to speak. It enhances everything that you do. I think that's where the difference is. I think that's where the line is being drawn. You, you can't enhance what you do to add so much spin to it that it, it makes your pitches even better than they are. But at the same time, let's, let's, let's scale it back and still allow you to have a grip of the baseball. Hope I'm making sense of it. I think there's a middle ground in there. Still allows grip, but doesn't allow somebody's stuff to become decidedly better because of a substance. Yeah, but of course, and we've pointed out, it's against the rules to put a substance on the ball. Uh, when you were the general manager, when you sat in the chair, and now that was then and this is now, were guys doing that all the time? I think guys did it to some extent since the beginning of time. I don't think there's any any secret to that. Can I tell you who did and who didn't? Not necessarily. Well, sure you could, I wouldn't but you if won't. I knew. Yeah, but you. Oh uh, well, yeah, that too. But you know, there were some guys. You know, I didn't. 
you know, sometimes it's, you know, don't ask because you don't want to really know the answer in case you're asked on a radio show 10 years later, you know? So, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's, it's people are, look, people are always looking for an edge. Hitters are always looking for an edge. Everybody's looking for an edge. And so, you know, it's, it's, it became a part of the game to a thin line where it probably stretched through pretty much everybody to some extent. And then some, some exaggerated it. And now it's, it's past a point of subtle exaggeration where it's, it's become a talking point and has been really a talking point since the beginning of spring training. When, when the edict went out that said, Hey, you know, we're going to start to watch this and take balls out of play. Uh, Ned, all right, let's talk about the team, Ned. They, they, they win last night. They, you know, right behind the giants, they're winning, but still the, the stars are not really performing like we thought they would perform. You know, Mookie's coming around, but, but, you know, having his ups and downs, Cody Bellinger's been out, Seager's been out, but they're, they're, they're still right there. Uh, and we're at mid June. Are we past the point where we can say, Oh, it's still early to the season, or is this just still evident or more impressive about how well and, and how deep the Dodgers really are? Well, it's, it's, it's getting, it's getting too far down the road to say, well, it's still early. But when, when I think about a baseball season, it's so long. The Giants have yet, in my opinion, they played great. There's no denying they're better than they've been and they're better than they were expected to be. But it's, there is so many miles yet to go. You've got almost, you got 90 some games to play. You haven't played half the schedule yet. So is it early? No, you're 60 some games in, but you still have almost a hundred, just a little bit less than a hundred games to go. So many different things are going to happen to every team and every team's depth is going to be tested. Every team's uh, emotional depth is going to be challenged. Uh, The whole thing, the, the, the grind of the season, you know, they talk about the dog days of August, you know, I mean, we, we ain't even got to, we haven't got to July yet. We've got halfway through June. So, there's so many miles yet to go. I think teams like the Giants are going to feel that, and, the, and they're going to wane at some point in time. I think teams like the Dodgers have been through it so many times. It's part of their culture, part of their season. And you're right. Mookie hasn't been as great as he was a year ago. It's, it's not like he got old. So, you know, that's still out there. That's a plus to me, that, that they've been as good as they've been. And, and one of the top players in the game has yet to be one of the top players in the game. Also very, very capable of it. Bellinger out twice. Uh, Mookie now out again. Uh, uh, Munchie now out again. I mean, all these different things. So you've got a lot of different challenges that they've had. You know, San Diego is starting to wane a little bit right now. You know, they'll, they'll pick it back up. But this is one of those things that, and I, I say it and it sounds cliche or whatever, but, you know, time is on their side. Time is so decidedly on their side. And to be sitting where they're sitting with as many guys that have been uh, producing below what the expectation is, a realistic expectation, or been hurt. And just because you come off the IL doesn't mean immediately you're going to just become uh, an MVP player again. No, that takes time. To be sitting where they're sitting, I think San Diego and San Francisco have missed the opportunity to put five or six or seven games between them and the Dodgers. And by virtue of not doing that, the Dodgers are sitting right behind them and have yet to really play at their at their their full potential. Now, I don't know what it is this year, and I, I'm not sure if it's just me, 
But, boys, you look at the Dodgers and Major League Baseball, there seem to be a ton of injuries, more than I can remember, affecting so many teams. If that's the case, why do you think it is? Well, I think you're going to continue to see it, too. I think part of it is uh, off-season training programs were not allowed to be what, what they typically would be um, because of, of COVID. So people were maybe somewhat limited in, in how much time or what type of time they could spend in an off-season getting ready for a year. You're going from a, a, a small amount of games to a large amount of games. You know, we, we'd be done with the season already. If this was last year, we'd be done with the season. So, and we still got, as I said, almost 100 games to go. So you've got all of that, too. And I think there's a, there's a psychology to it as well. If you, if you run the 880 your whole career as a track person and, and you're getting older and it's, it, you, know, you, can, you can do it, but you can't do it as regularly at a high level as you used to, and the coach comes to you and says, hey, I need you to run 110, you go, huh, I can do this. And I think there's some psychology to that, too. You're going from 162 down to last year's schedule, there's a psychology, hey, we can get this done. Now you're going to ramp it back up with a limited off-season as far as your conditioning, perhaps, and, and the whole way your, your mind thinks and your body works. I think it's going to put a strain on everybody. And those without the depth, those without guys sitting in the minor leagues right now that can legitimately play in the big leagues. And once you get past you know, June, there's not a whole lot those guys left out in anybody's organization. That's going to become a key component to this. And those that are, that are best and, and have the most depth are going to survive it. And when, you, you know, when I think about Bellinger missing all the time, he missed. You know, hopefully that will be a blessing in disguise as time goes on because they'll have 50, 60 less games played than everybody else that's kind of struggling to get to the end. And I think that that, that will pay a, a bizarre type of dividend too, having your guys rested. I think that's why you see Dave Roberts do what he does as far as managing his bullpen, managing the rotation. They've done this for the last few years very, very effectively, managing playing time for all your players because it's going to be a different season. You're not even doubling what you played last year. You're more than doubling what you played last year, and you're playing at the highest level you can play it at. Uh, nobody can tell me that it's, it's, it's not difference-making, and it's not going to be a challenge to everybody, especially those who are not prepared to meet it, which are most teams. That's why we love you, Ned. You know what? You, 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 you mentioned the 880, and we can remember when it was called the 880 and the 440 and the 220 and the 110. It's, it's, it's for those of us old school cats. I love it, Ned. Um, <laughs> when you look at, at some of these guys coming back off of injury, like Gonsolin, and, and Cody's going to come back, and he came back and you know kind of struggled a little bit, but Gonsolin's struggling. Do you let them play through it, Ned, because you do have a, a lot of season left and you're going to need them come September, October? Do you let them play through the struggles of them just kind of working their way back? I think you do. I think everybody's an individual. Everybody, you think about it differently depending on who it is. But I do think you got to give guys time. I think it's been one of the trademarks. If you look at, at Max Muncy's first 10 days with the Dodgers way back when, you know, they, they weren't what they are today. And I think if you give people patience, you got a chance. You know, I think he asked me on this show at the beginning of the season, what do we do with Gavin Lux? Do we send Gavin Lux back down? You know, no, you got to be patient. You got to be patient with talent. You especially got to be patient with talent that has shown you before that they can do it. And so you've got to just work your way through it. Tony Gonsolin was very effective last year. He's had two bad first innings. Granted, he's also coming off a shoulder injury. Never been coming off an injury of that, that stature, that note, 
uh, coming into big league games against big league hitters. It's going to be an adjustment. We talked to him the other day about it. He said, yeah, you know, I was anxious about it. I was nervous about it. It's going to take you time to get the feel back. But you got to be patient with it. Because whenever people talk about changing people out, something that, that the casual observer to that, when they say they got to get rid of this guy, they got to do this, they got to do that. In order to do that, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna damage somebody's patient. You know, you're gonna damage somebody's psyche, perhaps, in confidence. But you also, at the same time, you better have somebody better that you're gonna put in that spot. You you can't take the chance of 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 of, of denting somebody's confidence and, and ego and things like that. We all got ego. It's not a nasty thing. You know, your, your confidence level, and then put somebody in there that can't do it. So you've got to have a better choice. If you're going to make a move on somebody, you better have a better choice because otherwise you're going to start to, you're going to start to lose players and you're going to start to, to, to wobble. And this organization has not done that. They have, they have not done it. I don't know the last time they did it. I don't, you know, I don't know that, that I did it. So, I mean, it may be 15, 16 years before anybody did that. And that's a guess on my part. Yeah, and I was going to say. You've always got to have somebody better. If you're going to make a move, you better have somebody better. Yeah, and listening to that, I was going to say to you, okay, in the years you were in the chair, uh, did you ever do that? In the in the years you were in the chair, okay, in the years that you were in the chair, did you ever say, God, in hindsight, nah, I shouldn't have done that one? Well, I, I can do it with signings for sure because I was impatient. You know, Andrew Jones, big one. You know, Jason Smith to some extent, big one. You know, because I was impatient. Patience is a huge virtue in all of this stuff. And it's tough to do in this sport because you play it every day. You're evaluating it every day. And that's hard to do. But, but you have to do it. And I think the, the, those who are best at this, whether you're managing, coaching, GMing, whatever it would be, those that can, and, and athletes too, and Ron, you know, the, the greatest guys you played with and, you, and yourself, you played the game at real speed. But your mind could slow it down to make the right decision at the right time. Because decision making to me is not just yes or no, you know, whatever. It's not just the decision. That's half of it. The other half is when do you make that decision? And those who make it emotionally or without enough patience and to know when the patience runs thin and when it's time to make a move, those are the ones that are most successful. Those who go by emotion or those that are impatient and don't let somebody really achieve fullness, greatness, that's when guys get traded and blossom some other place. That's when, when teams get beat. And that's when you say, wow, why do we trade this guy? Well, the environment wasn't right for him and nobody had patience. All right. Well, you know, you never test our patience, Ned. That's the kind of guy you are. And we appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank you guys. All right. Take it easy, Ned. All right, boys. See ya. There goes our buddy, Ned Coletti. Uh, okay. California is reopening. And uh, everybody can be at Dodger Stadium tonight. It's a whole new ball game. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Jacob Emrani was on, one of our callers. Antonio commented on it, Rodney. And no one really knows what to do now. I mean, for over a year, we sat in a situation where we didn't know what to do. Okay, things have changed. We still don't know what to do. And we're just wondering, if somebody wants to weigh in when we come back, we'd love to hear it. It's mask or no mask. Some businesses will require them. Some will not. Dodger Stadium tonight, you can sit right next to somebody. Mask or no mask? What do you think? By the way, there's no wrong answer to this. It's just how you feel. Right. Yeah. You know, no one's going to criticize you for your stance on it. 
but just taking a straw poll, we think it would be interesting. Also today, Rodney, we've got some comments from Charles Barkley we have to get to. But we'll take your calls next. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. Let's do it. On a Tuesday, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a hot, it's a hot Tuesday. Hot Tuesday, Fred. Yep. All right. If you're out of Dodger Stadium tonight, come by, say hi. The reopening. Everybody's ready to go. The rules have changed, although it's hard to figure out what the rules are. Walking around, should you be in a mask? Should you not be in a mask? There's really no wrong answer to this. Just how do you feel? Because Jacob Amrani was on earlier and he said, look, I don't really know. We'll figure it out in a couple of weeks, but be patient. So we're curious. Quick straw poll today. Uh, What do you think? Because it really is the biggest story of the day. Things have changed and we can get back to business. So let's figure it out. John in L.A., thank you for holding what do you think, mask or no mask? Hey, John, you there? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey. Oh, hey. absolutely, mask. You know, I mean, you got to follow the science. You know, even though, you know, outdoors has been largely detected that it doesn't spread. I believe there was a study done with 70,000 cases. Only one was uh, contracted outdoor. So, but still, I think it's a consideration thing. And I think we're in the early stages of this. Let's just get through it. But I don't care if the person next to me doesn't have their mask. It's a personal thing. Yep. And I'm not going to enforce my own personal opinion on someone else. So that's my opinion. And, you know, uh, we also know that you're, you're kind of on the honor system now. You know, are you vaccinated or not? How many people do you think will say they're vaccinated but aren't? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the real key right there is who, who is really honest and has integrity about being truthful about their vaccination. You know, personally, I did took the vaccination. I got two doses of Pfizer. And um, I've never gotten vaccinated in my life other than when I was an infant. Never took the flu shot. I'm not a vaccination person. Right. But this is different. We're living in a different era right now. So I had to bite the bullet and do what's best for my family. And so I decided to go ahead and get the vaccination, even though I'm not a vaccination guy. Yeah, and I think, John, to be honest with you, and thanks for the call, and thanks for your yeah, honesty. I'm right up with you, John. I think I'm a lot with, of people right, are like that, yeah, Rodney. I'm exactly like that. I don't. I normally don't get flu shots. Right. And 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 uh, not really had any issues with that, of getting the flu. I don't get the flu and all those type of things. But this was more about not just me, but, but my family, my extended family you know my parents who are still alive i mean it's so it's it's about more than just yourself and so that's a big reason why i did it yeah and you know I, i'm a vaccination guy why because you know if we walk into work and they go you want a flu shot sure i'll take one if it's free i'll take almost anything i'll wear a free shirt i'll get a free shot <laughs> that's how i operate uh the people in my house are not that way they're not vaccination people but this go round for the protection of everyone yeah everybody took it just yep. like you, exact same thing. Exact, and I think there are a number of people like that. Paul and Oceanside, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hi, Fred. Hi, Rod. Hope hey. you guys are well. Yo. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty straight and clear for me. I mean, if you're vaccinated, 
then you do not need to wear a mask. If you have not been vaccinated, then you should be wearing a mask. I get that, too. I, I get it completely. Yeah, but aren't you going to get those people that say, oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated. And then and then where where is the OK, show me proof. Is that going to be because I haven't heard that that part of it is the gray area, right, Fred? To, to me, at least, is that when you go to certain places and they say, "Well, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask." Are we are we going to require people to carry proof in order to be vaccinated, and then that opens up a whole nother world of of scams and counterfeit cards or whoever made a card of, "Oh yeah, I'm vaccinated," see, you know, kind of thing. So. How how that gets in, you know implemented is going to be the issue too. I do know that Governor Newsom says we are not going to do a COVID vaccine passport system. That they're not at least they, there are no plans as of now to implement something like that into place. So it's honor system. It's honor system yeah. essentially. Individual businesses, like you said, when it comes to mask wearing, Rodney can do whatever they want. Private businesses, but he, as of now, there's no plan for a statewide order to actually have some sort of vaccine passport policy. Paul, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go Vanessa and Garden Grove. Vanessa, thanks for holding. What do you think? Hi, I'm a first-time caller. I'm a big fan. Thank you, uh, Vanessa. My lunch hour is, uh, is fun whenever I'm listening to you guys. Thank you. But I want to say I'm a math person. My husband's a scientist. Like the first caller said, follow the science. I have no pro- I'm vaccinated, but, I don't, you know, you just never know. And I don't know if the person next to me is lying and yeah. or saying that they're vaccinated just to get in. You know, I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to stay with my mask. All right. And uh, get that. And, you know, it's funny. I get to see the board. And, Vanessa, thanks for being so nice and thanks for listening. Uh, I get to see the board, and I can tell you right now who's saying what. And uh, aside from Akil and Carson, go ahead. You know what? Here's what I don't understand. If you're vaccinated, maybe I'm missing something. Like the last caller said, follow the science. I thought the science was if you're vaccinated, you're covered. So why are you so concerned about the people that's not vaccinated? And where do we draw the line with all of this? Right? Government in the middle of everything. Right? So if I decide not to get vaccinated or vaccinated, do we want the regulations to exist beyond the the honor system? Appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get it. You can still get COVID-19 if you're vaccinated. It just, uh, I believe it, you know, I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on all of this. But, yeah, it just won't hit you as hard if you're vaccinated. You can get through it. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't see it going past the honor system either because then it, it, it would just open up the door like it already is to too many debates about, and we've seen this with some of the ridiculous leaders that we have, talking about you know equating this to slavery equating this to certain things and that happened in history by people saying mandating oh you got to show that you're vaccinated and it's just not that so I, I don't see it going past the honor system and then hopefully within a short period of time we're, we're beyond all of that that this is this is something that is a, a, a thing this pandemic and the whole you know issue that we went through for 15 months is, is a thing of the past. Okay, uh, Gabriel and Fullerton, go ahead. 
Uh, they say McCall, Rodney Pete. They say McCall Fred. Um, yes. I'm vaccinated myself. Um, I did the one and done with uh, the J&J. Not too bad if I do say so myself. Yeah, do you have, okay. any, you have any reaction to that? Um, I was sore for about two days. Really, the, the hardest thing was dealing with the fact my wife gave birth to my third child. So I'm not sure it was that or the vaccine. <laughs> so can't really distinguish the two between there. I like lost three days worth of sleep that time. So take it out as you want it. But the real question you have to ask yourself, Fred, is not mask or no mask. The real question is, is it goatee or no goatee? That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm rocking the goatee. I'm going with it, Gabriel. I don't care. I'm doing it. Oh, you're going all Friday. You don't care, huh? I'm, I'm going all Friday right now on Tuesday. I'm keeping it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it for a while. See what happens. Why not? Happens. Well, you know, I got a cardboard box right here you can move into when you're ready for it, okay? Hey, now don't, Gabriel. <laughs> all right, man. Be safe. Thanks for calling. And we'll wrap it up with Mitch. Go ahead, Mitch. Hi, guys. Uh, hope everything's well. You all got your shots, right? I'm wearing a mask, too, just to be safe. What's the big deal about wearing a mask? Neither system is 100 proof. So be on the safe side. And Mitch is a FedEx driver. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, you know what? Rodney, you said it earlier, and, and I think it's good advice for all of us moving forward. Everybody be patient. Just be patient. Yeah. You know, it's been a hell of a year, and uh, we're finally coming out of it. Just be patient. It'll all work itself out one way or the other. If somebody's wearing a mask, you know, let them wear it. If somebody's not wearing a mask, that's okay too. Just try to be patient and everybody get through all of this together. Charles Barkley, with all due respect to Ernie and to Shaq and to Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley is that show on TNT. And Charles Barkley said today his bosses can kiss his ass. Go! Oh! How do you think that's going to play out? Kawhi was just like magnificent. The tables turned. Why Paul George? Tables turned. Destiny was about their superstar showing up. Tables turned. This is the destiny. All tied up. To build a legacy. Game five is next. For eternity, this is my moment. I win my show courtesy. Tomorrow at 6 p.m. on AM 1150. For destiny. Destiny. Now, this is the Clipper team that we know, the one we saw tonight. The home of the Clippers. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank Oh, yeah, I gotta give a big shout out to my man Ice Q. Happy birthday. My man, Nasty Power, the Q. Ice Q, Fred, your man. I know the Q. Yeah, you do know the Q. I do. Uh, I don't think anybody will dispute the fact that the best studio show in television, and let's be abundantly honest here, when the networks created these pregame and postgame shows, they really didn't do it because you craved knowledge and wanted more. That was not the intention. The intention was... We'll create something where we can sell more commercials and make more money. And we'll surround it. It's called shoulder programming. We'll surround the event, which everybody watches, with these shows. And we'll make money. I mean, the higher the rating on the show, the more money you make. So they invest in the shows. And for my money, as a guy that's worked at NBC my entire career on television, I think the best studio show is TNT. With Ernie Johnson, who I really think is the best host, uh... Kenny Smith, Shaq, and Charles Barkley. It's also safe to say that that show really is Charles Barkley. He's the guy that makes it go. He's the guy that's not afraid to speak his mind. 
And people welcome honesty. Now, sometimes when you're honest, you get yourself into trouble, especially in today's world, because you can say something that'll offend somebody. And that has become more prevalent over the past few years. Many years ago, you'd say whatever you want. If somebody was upset, you wouldn't worry about it. Today, you can't really do that because we have cancel culture and social media. And you have your bosses very aware that sponsors could pull out at any second. Well, Rodney, Charles Barkley has made a living saying whatever he wants, saying what's on his mind. Sometimes you agree, sometimes you disagree. But will we agree that he is entertaining? 100%. And and love Charles. Love the fact that he does speak his mind. He always has. Even when he was a player, he spoke his mind. So it's no different now. And and that's, that's kind of what you you love and crave. And you would think that as a, as a fan, you, you don't want to, someone to give you the standard pat answers and coach speak and all those type of things. You want somebody to speak honestly about what they feel and, and what's going on. And Charles has always been that why. And certainly he is the stir that, that stirs that drink or the straw that stirs that drink. And Ernie, I agree with you is, 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 is as good as it gets. And the, and the other guys, Kenny and Shaq are very complimentary and it, it, but it takes Charles to engage with both those guys. That makes it really funny. Yeah, and really, it is the only studio show that pops. Okay, I mean, if you're just being honest, it's really the only one. Everybody does a fine job. I've been a studio host for NBC. I thought I did a good job. Nothing I did compares to that. I mean, it's really head and tails above everything. But the world has changed. And Charles Barkley's found himself in some tough spots because of the people he works for. He made an appearance on Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., and he talked about what's going on right now. PC people are out overboard right now. Like, I mean, it's gotten so out of hand right now. You can't even have fun nowadays without these uh, jackasses trying to get you canceled and things like that. <laughs> so just, just having fun talking about sports. Like, like, like listen, I'm trying to hang on for another couple of years till I'm 60, and then they can kiss my ass. If you crack a joke the wrong way, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You crossed the line. I mean, they won't even let me talk about San Antonio anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, what I'm always talking about them big old women down in San Antonio, they're like, Charles, we got one lady wrote an article. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, I didn't call anybody personally fat in San Antonio. <laughs> I was just joking around. And, well, this one lady wrote this article. I'm like, so y'all going to let one lady... We've been having fun with this for probably 10, 15 years. <laughs> and, 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 and when we go to San Antonio, yeah. the people are having a blast with it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Does he have a point? Yeah. He's, he's right. You know, it's uh, and don't get me wrong. I think that shedding light on certain things that happen and have gone unnoticed in our society, is, it's, it's been good. And social media is has been good to a certain extent, but it's also a town without a sheriff and people can go overboard and go crazy and, and people feel empowered by, by what we've seen in the, in the last, like you said, last couple of years of, of being politically correct or incorrect. And then the cancel culture and the a wave, and then you see how it affects sponsors. And when it gets to that point, then, then networks start to cave. But, but he's absolutely right. I mean, I do remember he's been talking about the San Antonio situation and the women down there, for at least 10 years, at least. And it, everybody has a good time. And even when they do shows down there, 
he goes down there and he captures how people taunt him and make fun of him and all this. And he's very self-deprecating. So Charles is one of the guys who will laugh at himself as well. He often talked about his weight and his golf game and all the things that he he's okay with. And so you love that about him, but he's absolutely right. It's it's kind of gotten too far where you can't um, you can't really say anything. And there is, a, I mean, don't get me wrong, there is a level of crossing line, but it's 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 tough out there for guys, especially guys that are in the media. And then on top of that, it's tougher, even tougher for uh, there's a lot of comedian friends I know that it's tough for them to go out and do their normal shows nowadays. Yeah, you know, when you do this, you walk a line. A line that is that is more defined than ever before. Here's the thing. And, you know, we can't be who we're not. None of us can. So Rodney and I are who we are. But companies, when they look at this now, as the world has evolved and changed, you know, maybe occasionally they're going to have to take a little heat, and that's okay. N- nobody wants that. Nobody in a suit wants that. Nobody wants to read that article. Yeah. Nobody. I guarantee you. One article, they don't want to read that because when they do, they've got a problem. But things have changed and, and and people's perceptions have changed. And the way we communicate, right or wrong, has changed. And I, I think you have to be aware of that and not be reactionary to everything. One thing happens, people, that's it. I mean, now there's a firestorm. You got to practice some patience. You, you, you just have to. And for TNT. And what's the intent, right? And what's the what intent? Is, what's what is the, the intent? In, right. There's no nuance when, when people hear something. It's like I always said when we do the show. People hear what they want, not what we say. They hear what they want. Yeah. Not what we've said. What's the intent? There's no nuance. No one is nuanced. It's inflame and react immediately. I've got to react right now. There's no nuance to anything. So I think I, I get what he's saying. I do. I, I don't think it's a good idea that he should tell his boss to kiss his ass. That's <laughs> I think that's more troubling. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, but the way he said it, do you think he, that's the first time he didn't said that? No. No. And do you exactly. think he's not gonna get away with it? <laughs> I think he is. Exactly. So, I think I think yeah. he is. And he's one of the few people, you know, in our industry that can probably do that. Absolutely. You know. You you know, you're not going to see uh, Dan Patrick telling Don Martin to do that. Because that'll be the end of Dan Patrick. Right? If Colin makes a statement like that to the people at Fox, that's not going to be good for Colin. But Charles Barkley can pull that off. He can. And and I thought it was interesting that he had the courage to say it. Then again, that's what makes him Charles Barkley. All right, we've got to get you caught up in everything that's happened today. We will do that. You will know it all. Unless the haiku runs 35 minutes and you won't. But you will know it all when we come back with its lit. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.